0: Bob and Charlene Steinkamp, founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, invite you into their living room in Pompano Beach, Florida for a telephone conference call. Let's join other men and women from across the land who are seeking God's restoration of their marriage.
1: Welcome, welcome to Rejoice Telephone Conference in Pompano Beach, Florida on a Sunday afternoon that is actually very sunny and warm, and it's August the 28th, and we're thrilled to have everybody here. And we are just praising the Lord for all of you joining us, and we know that more will join us in a little bit. But we just want to welcome you all, and we have two special guests today. And we have Linda, and actually she is from Florida, and I have Bob from Pennsylvania. We're thrilled to have both of you with us.
2: It's great to be on. Thanks. Thank you, Shirley.
1: And they both have unique stories, and we're going to be... Talking um, about their stories and their testimonies, but then we're going to hopefully discuss how are you going to make it? how are you going to be able to stand and some of the circumstances they are going to be talking about is probably going to touch and help you be able to learn how to stand. You may be brand new or you may have been standing for a season, so we hope then we're going to try to touch both of those areas but um, I don't know if you saw the t- uh, devotional that I did but uh, there's a song that with what the people are facing on the east coast that I just think I'm going to read a couple of the scriptures a couple of the verses and then I'm going to a scripture in Hebrews 11 but sheltered in the arms of God and Mm. that is what my prayer is for you today Mm. is that every one of you will be sheltered in the arms of God Mm. and Dottie Rambo wrote that song and we need God's shelter for the east coast of Florida. Out of the east coast, Florida did not get it. We thought we were going to, and it went north and it went up the east coast. And we are praying for the east coast. And I don't know if anybody's even going to be able to call in today, but regardless, they're going to hear it later on. And we have kept them in our prayers, and we are just continuing to pray for them because they're still. Maine and and Canada that it still got to face what uh, Irene is going to do. And so um, today we're going to open up in prayer, but let us keep the thoughts of all the people that are going through uh, a lot of circumstances today that is far beyond their marriage problems, but many that are having to deal with a lot of circumstances going through a hurricane that uh, Linda, I know, and I have felt. And uh, Bob, you actually were in the um, area that you did get some of it uh, yesterday, or was it last night? When, when did it come? Um,
2: it was uh, starting about yeah, 5 o'clock yesterday going through about uh, maybe 10 o'clock this morning. We just got torrential rains and uh, we're on the edge of it. I'm just mm-hmm. a little bit outside Philadelphia.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we
1: praise the Lord that he was able to join us. So, Amen. But Thank sheltered you. in the arms of God says, I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender. They're leading me in the path. Then I must trod, I'll have no fear for Jesus walks with me, for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise, they won't worry me for I'm sheltered, safe within the arms of God. He walks with me and naught of earth shall harm me, mm-hmm. for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. Soon I shall hear the call from heaven's portals, come home my child. Is the last mile you must trod. I'll fall asleep and wake in God's new heaven, for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, Mm. the dark clouds rise. They won't worry me, for I'm sheltered within the arms of God. He walks with me, and not a verse can harm me, for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. And that's my prayer for all the East Coast, and it's my prayer for every one of you that are going through the raging storm of separation, divorce, non-covenant marriages, babies, or just their spouse saying, right now, I don't love you. I'm not happy, and I want to find happiness, and I'm going to leave. All of those are storms that you're hearing, but the storms can rage high, but you're going to let the Lord take you in his arms and shelter you through this because he is going to be your strength lord we come to you and we just praise you and thank you that your grace your mercy your strength your love is sufficient and we just praise you that we can call upon you we praise you that so many of us came to know you in such a more powerful more intimate more personal relationship there are many many that have found Rejoice Marriage Ministries that have actually come to know the Lord Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. by finding the website. And, Lord, we just ask that you would continue for let us to be the lighthouse for people to find out that Jesus Christ is the answer Mm -hmm. and that he died on the cross, he's paid the price, and the price is at Calvary. And Lord, we just ask that you would touch everyone that is listening today, that if they've not made that final decision to surrender their heart and life to asking Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, may this be the day, may this be the afternoon that they know that they know that they want to get on their knees and cry out and say, Father, you're the only one. You're the only one that can straighten this mess of my marriage out. Mm. And you, I'm turning my life over to you and we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Lord, speak through Linda, speak through Bob and I, and may we just speak the words that you would have us speak in the scriptures that would give um, hope and encouragement to every person that is listening. And we're praying that thousands and thousands of marriages every week will be restored. We're praying for a revival in our nation and around the world, Father, and we'll continue to pray and believe that God is going to do a mighty work in stopping divorce because he hates divorce. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me go to Hebrews 11, and I'm just going to read uh, verses 1 through 6. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understood that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he stood. He still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And verse 6 is a key verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Mm -hmm. And that is my prayer for every one of you today, is that you are going to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ exists, that Jesus Christ is the one who paid the price. God sent His only Son to die on the cross for all of our sins. And then Jesus Christ and God, left the Holy Spirit, the greatest counselor of all, to be with us forever. And now I want to turn to psalm 34, 37, verse four. and I'm going to read that to you. and then we're going to hear a testimony psalm thirty seven verse four. And actually, I'm going to start with verse 3 because it's one of the words that I said to Linda and Bob I wanted to share today about trust. We need to have faith, but we need to have trust. So verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight. Here's your scripture for right now. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And I just know that what your desire of your heart just might be at this very moment but I'll read verse 5 to the secret of the how you're going to be able to do this commit your way to the Lord trust in him and he will do this Linda we're thrilled to have you and and Bob as always I'm going to do ladies first (laughs) but Linda you came to our meetings and you came and you came and you were faithful and uh we just wanna ask you if you just share where you were then and then tell us about where you and your dear husband are now. Because this is a this is a praise of a restored marriage. So this is just a a nugget of gold for us today.
0: Well uh, Charlene, again, thanks for having me. Um I'm privileged to to be um, speaking today and um I'm just thanking God. Um, what happened with with us was that we had a dead marriage. after twenty five years of marriage, our marriage was basically dead. And um, that we didn't know how to fix it. We didn't know how to we didn't know where to go. We went to church, but no one was teaching on marriage and rekindling marriage or even marriage restoration. And um, one day my husband decided that he was going to um, take a job, taking him away from the family. So though he, he didn't divorce me, it felt like a divorce because he was away for so long, longer periods at a time. He would be gone from three to six weeks at a time before he'd come home again. And uh, our marriage suffered nonetheless for it. Um, he basically left because of a contentious wife. Um, I know that, that all, everybody's situation is different. Um, and my situation, my husband's situation, our marriage was suffering because we, there was no communication. And like I said, the marriage was dead. Um, I knew that something needed to be done. So someone had to do something. My husband left, and God spoke. He knocked on my heart to do something. So one of the things I'll say is that God needs to use somebody. Amen. He needs to use one of you. Whoever's going to be the willing vessel, he'll use. And God chose to, to use me. Well, I was on a on a call with a friend in Georgia, and that's actually how I heard about Rejoice Ministry. I was sharing some things with her, and we were talking because we were in similar situations. And she was coming down to Florida, so she made a trip to Florida, and that's how I found out about Charlene and, and Bob's ministry. And the rest is history. My uh, my heart uh, w- was was broken when he left, but sometimes God allows us, a, a circumstance or situation in order to get our attention that we need to do something so I knew that this was God speaking to my heart that I needed to do my part by examining myself Um, and I did in coming to the Bible study uh, listening to Charlene's teaching sharing with how God, uh, how our marriage was was blown away and how God rejuvenated it and brought it back together I knew that God could do the same thing for me. So I continued to come and just trusted God that he would do this and, and that his word was faithful and that I could trust him. Um, then that's where we were then. Five, six years later, um, God spoke to my husband's heart. And because of the changes, the positive changes that he saw in me, um, he was willing to try again. So from there, we sought counsel from our pastor. And praise God, my husband and I are now growing together. And our marriage was put back together. We are loving each other the way God uh, intended it to be. And it's not that you won't have trials and tribulation because we do have, still have trials and tribulation, but through God we've learned how to um, to survive that. We've learned how to, to really lean and stand on God to be our provider, to be our resource, and we're not doing it on ourselves. Right. We're not doing it by ourselves. Before we was try- we were trying to do it on our own until we realized that we couldn't. So that's kind of where we are now. Um, Right now we went from no Bible study to, praise God, my husband calls me, and we do Bible study and we do uh, devotion in the morning, and that's kind of where we are now.
1: Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: I can think of so many people that
1: that had their marriage fall apart and say, I was the cause of my marriage falling apart. I was a contentious wife. I nagged. I did everything wrong of being the wife. I didn't love my husband as the Lord wants uh, me to love my husband or to respect my husband. And uh, that just takes us to Ephesians, and it really talks to us. And um, we can go to Ephesians chapter 5 and um, in verse 21, it actually says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. And then verse 22, which all of you women probably are going to cringe, but I'll bring this subject up today, but it's one that I've been teaching um, for 25, over 20 years, and 25 years of the Lord, or longer, the Lord really hit me over the head with it. And it said, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And I stress in everything, because I've heard now just recently, I'm beginning to hear a few pastors be bold and say this uh, in sermons. Because husbands have a greater responsibility because if it says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself after all no one ever hated his own body but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church for we are members of this body for his for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will be one flesh and that is the most one of the most important keys to marriage restoration that we yes. are one flesh it says it in Matthew 19. It says in Genesis chapter 2. It says it in Ephesians chapter 5. We need to understand the pain that we're suffering when we're going through separation or divorce or we have marriage problems at home is, is that we are hurting because we are one flesh. And this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. And I have written down, show reverence to him. And that's what fell apart in my marriage because I was successful. I was a career woman, and I needed to work, and I took the office over straight into this house and continued being in charge instead of submitting to my husband and trusting his Decisions in everything, mm-hmm. and realizing that God could speak to him, and change his heart, and change him, and tell him no, don't do this, or that we would learn through some of the mistakes that we made, with God allowing uh, Bob to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Does that ring any bells with you, Linda?
0: Oh, absolutely. And as as you as you um, as you were reading that scripture, um, I was was thinking of. Uh, uh, about the fact that we don't believe, when we as women, we have a problem with that submission because we don't understand what it really, truly means. We don't really understand that submission to our husbands is a submission to God that we exactly. need to submit to God. And as you're as you were reading that, I was I was thinking about Genesis um, two and twenty-two when he said, when the rib. ...which the Lord God had taken from man, he made unto a woman, and he brought her to the man. And I, I thought about that. He God actually brought the woman to the man. So if he actually brought the woman to the man wouldn't she have had to have her hands in God's hands first? Mm. That's what, I, that, that's what I, I went over and over and over. Ladies, you have to understand, in order for you to get a hold on this submission, you have to put your hands in God's hands. When Amen. you decide to put your hands in God's hands, he's going to take over and he's going to do the rest because you can't.
1: And we have to let go and trust our Lord that we're to be the helpmate and not the head, and so often as due to the world's way of what we did um, with the feminist movement and everything else, we um, we women sort of took charge, mm-hmm. and the men sort of stepped back and let us take charge right. and uh, and uh, became silent. And I think especially in the church, where we did we should have been taught and said, "Hey, you gotta." We've got to submit. We've got to get everything in proper order. And um, I think the biggest problem that we may have is there are so many Christian marriages that are falling apart. We have the same rate as the world does. Yeah. But we are not humbling ourselves before the Lord and saying, not my will, but your will be done. And, Lord, heal and resurrect our marriage. Because I know, I know we're in church and we're trying, but we just haven't. Learned how to surrender our both our hearts and lives, right. and we both haven't forgiven each other for our weaknesses and right. our failures and all the things we've done wrong, and that unforgiveness can just destroy a marriage, and can, uh, and I know there's many men that have made mistakes and women and the women have refused to forgive, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a sin that we're doing, and we could have so many marriages restored. Suddenly and quickly, if we have not, uh, if we would forgive our spouses, but the spouses have been wounded, they've been hurt, and they are afraid to Mm -hmm. trust in the Lord and believe that he can restore and and go through what, Linda, you and I have gone through, you know, Mm -hmm. I went through a divorce, and I did go through the valley that it feels like a valley of a shadow of death when yes, you're going it through it. <laughs> and <laughs> Bob, I'm going to bring you in here because there is nothing like a divorce. When you go through divorce, you are torn apart and you're ripping apart what God has put together. And uh, would you like to pick up and uh, share your story and your input? Sure. Because there's many, many men that are listening and they often think with our ministry as, as do many other ministries, I feel like I'm the only one only man standing. I'm not the, no. there's so many women standing, but not the men. And I say, oh, that's not true. <laughs> so we're thrilled to have you, Bob.
2: Well thank you. Um, yeah, and I, you know I've been uh, blessed in the last uh, number of years that I've actually met. Uh, well, I mean it's unfortunate for them and and but but I've met many men who were in similar situations who were being faithful you know to their uh, to the Lord's call in their lives and uh you know it's hard but um God is faithful and I think uh you know that's what he's uh, trying to teach all of us um so um my story is um My wife and I were married uh, for 20 some years, 22 years really, before we experienced, I would say, anything that appeared in any way like a problem in our marriage. And um, but it unraveled virtually overnight. And um, at least from my, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure, you know, what um, it looked like from my wife's perspective, Um, but you know, basically by the time um, she announced to me that uh, she didn't love me and, uh, and never did, um, again, I don't know that I um, believe that. I but, just um, say, don't yeah,
1: believe that. Yeah, I, I, right. I, don't, I, I don't
2: believe that, but I'm just that's, you know, that that's... That was and, her and
1: message, right?
2: That was her message, and from that time... Um, you know, it wasn't like oh, we had these problems and let's see that we can work on them. There was never really a willingness to work on them, um, and that's been not quite six—it's close to six years—and um, you know, so it's been uh, a really tough time for for me, to say the least. I mean, I, I saw my bride as a a virtuous uh, woman, and she was a, a really an incredible uh, wife and and mother to our children and with like i say virtually no forewarning a, a, a lot changed and um and again I don't, I don't say any of this to uh to indicate like um i was the perfect husband or anything um by any stretch and god's shown me a lot of things um in this you know five and a half years but uh, really one of the first things he showed me um came right out of Ephesians 5. I was, uh, we were as a family, very, um, you know, I, 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 never felt like we were lukewarm, uh, Christians, you know, we were a pretty devoted family. Um, uh, my wife was very into the word. Um, she would read the word, um, in, in a year, you know, do the, uh, read the entire Bible in a year year. (laughs) I think she 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 had a couple different versions of it and had done it like three or four years in a row at the time that things fell apart and um, you know I'm still holding on to those things that God is going to you know going to bring her her home and I believe I have a a lot of promises from him Um, some as recently as uh, the past week uh, some pretty powerful revelations and Um, you know, I believe He's showing me over and over that He wants me to simply trust Him for what He's about to do.
0: Praise God. Amen.
2: But one of the things that, you know, you talked about Ephesians 5 that, you know, was really impressed upon me soon after um, I knew there was a crisis in our marriage um, was that, um, you know, a couple different things from this passage, and, and from every passage in the New Testament that talks of, gives instruction to husbands and wives, um, at least from the way I read the Bible, not one of the uh, commandments to wives or to husbands is conditioned. They're entirely unconditional commandments. So it's not like, uh, you know, husbands love your wives if she respects you. Mm-hmm. That's not the commandment. And, you know, God is asking his followers to unilaterally follow him regardless of what others do. And um, the other thing that um, when I really dissect, I could have, you know, at the time that God revealed this to me, I I could have quoted this passage. You know, it wasn't like it was unfamiliar to me, but it's amazing to me how God's word comes alive at the, you know, proper time, maybe even late because we haven't been receiving it. But you know, I could have quoted it, but I never really understood where it says, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loves His church and gave Himself for um, for it. I kind of, you know, would read that for twenty some years and like, okay, got that. I love my wife, and I really believed I did, and, and in fact, as I still believe I did. But but what I missed was that God is calling husbands to love our wives. Um, beyond what human love can do. To love our lives as wives as Christ loved the church is a supernatural calling, and we can't do it in our own strength. And for all these years, I kind of thought, like, I, I was doing that, but I wasn't, because mm-hmm. I was loving her in my own strength, and obviously that failed, and it was not enough. I was pretty confident my love for her was enough, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, God is impressed upon me and I, I try to pray this daily that god would give me his love for that i would love marcia with the love of christ that would and, and you know god describes his love as perfect and unfailing mm-hmm. and certainly i could never have said that that was my love but i believe god is doing that more and more in my heart uh, giving me a perfect and unfailing and supernatural love for my wife and um And, you know, so it's one of those things that I know when I pray that, that I am praying according to his will. And Mm -hmm. therefore, he is going to to do that. He's going to answer that prayer. He's going to be pleased by that prayer um, because we know he has promised us that if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us and we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's that's one of the powerful things that he has shown me.
1: And tell, mm-hmm. confirm and, and say what you believe God's will is regarding marriage, you know. I think that's that's what everybody, often they're fearful, that is this God's will? Am I supposed to stand
2: for my yeah. marriage? Okay. And well, uh, it's how did you find that? interesting you asked how me did, that, Charlene. <laughs> I, I have believed, as long as I have lived, you know, I, I was fortunate to grow up in a home where my, my mother and father really loved each other. They were God-fearing people. Um, I had an example, you know, growing up of what I wanted, what I believed. In fact, the idea of marriage that didn't last forever was so foreign. I mean, I'd see it, but I thought, well, that could never happen to me. Um, I was so accustomed to the other that, you know, in fact, it's been one of the really most difficult things for me the shame i feel for being part of a failed marriage you know when i know that that's not god's way and you know i feel like um you know my testimony has been so harmed by that but i'm trusting the lord to you know do what he often does and bring beauty out of ashes here amen but amen. I, you know i believed always that you know god's will for marriage was one man and one woman for life and uh that you know as, as you've already said, God hates divorce. And, um, and, I, and, and you know, it's been, I even had lunch one day with a pastor who was like, Bob, you know, you sound like you're holding on to God going to restore this marriage, but, you know, like, how is it different than if you found out you had cancer and, like, three years later, you, you know... um um you know, it hadn't happened. You and you're going. You hadn't been healed. You were praying for healing, and it didn't happen. And you can see that God's, you know, actually going to take you out of this life without. You know, how would that be different? And I said, you know, it's very different. It's very different. Nowhere in the Bible does God say that He hates illness. Nor, no, nowhere does He say that the death of His saints is something He hates. He says, in fact, that that you know, it's it's a something that He embraces. I've um, gone to prepare a home for you. Exactly, I said. But you know, he does say he hates divorce. He doesn't say I hate illness. It's it's part in a fallen world. It's part of what all of us are going to face—death, um, unless he comes before then. And um, so, but many people, even pastors, don't. You know, and you know, after I shared, you know, in in all fairness to this pastor, when I shared it with him, he said, "Oh, I see. I am sorry for." questioning you he said you're right I, I i um, it's very different um you know i shared with him i said well you know where does it say that um because someone is ill they shouldn't be an elder in a church but you know if a man's not ruling his household well he shouldn't you know he should disqualify himself for an eldership for example and um but anyway i um i feel like there are there are lots of promises in in God's word that are are somewhat generic i mean i believe God has spoken to me clearly plainly to say he wants me to trust in him for what he's going to do in restoring my marriage i believe he has given me promises about how he sees Marcia, and, and much like the promises that you had, Charlene, from yes. about Bob, that you know didn't make any sense based on what you could see with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. God calls things that are not as if they that's were. The and, Amen. And that's what He's Thank doing for me. But but I, you know, just a couple scriptures, and I don't want to drone on and on here. But no. a couple scriptures that I sure. think are key to this. When you say, Charlene, you know, how do you how do you know that it's your you know God's will well you know he says for example in Psalm 128 um and you know it's addressed to a man you know cuz David I think was writing it uh, right. I, I believe he's the psalmist in that psalm but he says that to and he's talking to the man who fears the Lord And he says his wife, in the third verse it says, his wife will be like a fruitful vine in the midst of his home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a promise I hold on to that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but by God's grace that I am, you know, I fear God. I I love him. And and another one would be Psalm 84, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. verse 11, for example, where it says the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Or I probably have version merge there. <laughs> the I have of the <laughs> right. David. But
1: I have from those who walk is blameless.
2: Okay. Oh Lord. But so that's advises. not saying perfect. It, no. You know God. It, you know, and and those of us who are in Christ, you know, God regards as blameless as if we're walking in Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. um and and, you know, so I look at that and I say, wow, no good thing. You know, what was it that God said? You know, in in uh, the first couple chapters of the Bible, He said it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, I will I love make that. a helpmate for him. It, and so God is the one who said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And and He didn't mean in that circumstance that it was not good for God to for for man to be without God. Adam was walking in perfect fellowship with mm-hmm. God at that point. So he what he was saying is. I, I need to make, not I need to, I, I want to. God, in in his infinite wisdom, knew what was good for man w- and woman. It's not that they be alone, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that he never calls anyone to singleness, you know. Right. That's a different passage. But, you right, know, it is. If part of your calling is marriage, that he's calling us to, to oneness in Christ. Amen. In oneness in flesh and in spirit. And,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so... That's what God declared good. And I often, you know, I remind him of that, that, you know, Lord, I'm not the one who first said that it's not good for man to be alone. You said that. Amen. And now you've said that you will not withhold any good thing from me. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, another place in, in Proverbs, it says he who's, who desires a wife desires a good thing. Again, I didn't say that, but Solomon w- said that Prompted, I believe, by the Holy Spirit, and so these are things that I can hold on to and believe that God does, you know, have not just a not just specifically. And by the way, that's even more important to me when I believe God has given a word to me that I'm supposed to hold on to it in faith. But that more than that, even generically, see, I don't believe God would give me a promise that contradicts His word. But His word is so. You know, it's so consistent with him to say, Bob, I want you to hold on by faith for what I'm going to do. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do by the grace he gives. And I believe he's going to meet me as he has for five and, uh, better than five and a half years. He's going to meet me in my need. He's going to sustain me. And, and um, you know, last thing I'll say, and I'll let, let someone else get a word in edgewise, <laughs> is that it, it's, you know, Peter says that, we shouldn't think it's strange when these fiery trials come upon us. But mm-hmm. I will confess that I do. And yet when I look at the Word and you look at the examples that God has given of his children from mm-hmm. Abraham and Joseph mm-hmm. and Moses mm-hmm. and, and Daniel and mm-hmm. Job, and they, we've, they've gone through incredible trials and many of them for years, 40 years Moses mm-hmm. waited mm-hmm. to see right. God bring him. And, and, and we think, oh, well, I've waited five and a half years. You know, this is not right it It's so normal for God to allow to to use that time to build us to be more persevering and faithful and mm-hmm. to use that as an example that He can use in other lives and you know we're not supposed to be just totally well we're not supposed to at all be focused on just us like oh god, i'm hurting right i mean i don't I don't mean to minimize that, but god has has a plan and we need to trust him
0: absolutely. As you were talking, I had written down seven scriptures, um, and they were all psalms, and they had to do with us learning how to wait on God. And so many times we want instant gratification because it hurts. But just like when you're pruning a a flower, that flower will get stronger as the the dead parts are, are pruned off. And sometimes God prunes us, through these trials and tribulations, through our marriage issues, so that we can see that when we get the dead ends cut off, then what's going to come up is a beautiful plant and and a lot of times we can't see that because while we're going through the the tribulation and the trials, but we have to wait the the isaiah forty thirty one says that those who wait on the Lord will have their strength renewed, so as we wait on the Lord. We have to trust that He's going to be renewing us every day.
1: Positively. I mean, you definitely. I, I think standing is one of the things that people say, well, I don't want to wait, so I'm not going to stand. But I don't think, and as a Christian and we've been walking as a Christian that's recommitted her life to the Lord back uh, over 25 years ago, I wouldn't trade. One step that I had to walk through to learn this because I don't want to go back and become a lukewarm Christian or be not a Christian at all. Mm -hmm. If it brought me this crisis in our marriage and not listening to my Lord, not believing, and I think this is important for us to teach and talk about, is that God does speak. And there are many people, as I was at that time, I could read the Word, and I was faithful, and I taught Sunday school, and, and um, I really loved the Lord. But I did not believe or understand that I could read the Word and li- then listen to the Lord, and He is going to direct my steps. I mean, it was like a one-way relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt very close to the Lord. But I just didn't ever expect him to tell me to do something. And I did not, when I had marriage problems, and I did not go to him and say, what should I do? I went and took the surveys, as everybody knows, and we have new people probably listening, that I took the surveys and I went to the pastors and the counselors, and they all had their answers. And it was not to pray for my husband, who was, you know, who had been a Christian, who had got tempted and fell into sin and did not, no one was worried about going and rescuing mm-hmm. the the prodigal. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is my burden now, and, and, and it's been my burden for years, is that we, and I think we can mention this too, um, Linda, is that you have a prodigal child, and we all have had prodigal children yeah. or, or Ones that, by the grace of God, did not go down the long the long road of being a prodigal, yeah. and uh, there are many, many parents that are standers that are in our ministry that are praying for their children to be delivered from alcohol or drugs, yeah. or um, they're standing for their marriage to be restored yeah. because their marriage has fallen apart, and they have grandchildren now that are are living in uh, a one single parent home because of divorces attack them. We have, uh, we are not burdened in our churches for the ones who, who made mistakes and or we have marriage problems or prodigals. We, I don't hear the word prodigal in our churches too often.
0: No, you don't.
1: You know, don't. Um, we hear about sinners, but, you know, the sinners are the actual, we have many prodigals that are actually were in the church that are not there because they've taken a detour road and we're not, Crying out for them every week to come back home to their Lord and to their church, or the ones that are sinners that have never known the Lord and to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that when the Lord, I was disobedient and I to the Lord's will and way by divorcing Bob. I had the escape clause, and I think that's the problem. Is I followed the word. By the escape clause. Mm-hmm. But that says in that scripture, it says due to the hardness of their heart, and that's Matthew 19. God's will and way is not divorce. And we've got to, it's not contradictory to God's word, it never contradicts itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times the um, standards don't understand, especially, and I'm speaking to standards with small children. Um, And the world starts to say, well, you know, um, it's you're better off just leaving, um, as a matter of fact, your children will probably be much better off because you're bickering and you're fighting anyway, and that's so untrue and so unbiblical Mm -hmm. and just so messing up. Uh, our churches today because people are really believing that. It's they're believing lie. that that the lie of the enemy, that the children will be better off if the parents would actually separate. I've heard pastors even say that, and I cringe when I hear that because they don't realize what they're saying. You know, the enemy wants to, the enemy knows the hierarchy. The enemy knows that God is over. Jesus, and Jesus is over husbands, and husbands are over wives, and the one thing that the enemy wants to disrupt is the family function. He wants to get everybody walking out of their lane, everybody walking out. In disobedience, uh, the man being disobedient to God and in, in loving and protecting his wife and the wife disrespecting her husband by not honoring him and being submissive, once he gets everybody walking out of their lane, then he's destroying the family. If we can understand the hierarchy, God first, Jesus, the husband and the wife underneath the husband's authority, then things would be so much easier for for everybody. I know the submission, thank God for submission because you know what, I don't have to think about it. My husband and I it's not that I don't make we don't make decisions together. It's not that you know, I'm sub- being submissive to him. There's submission in both. Hmm. He is submitting himself to God. I am submitting myself to God. When we start to submit to God on our own, then we can submit to each other. And if if you're not doing it that way, then you're doing it the world's way, which is quick out, you know, I I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to be submissive. I'm not going to allow anyone to tell me what to do. You're walking out of your lane, and you're walking in disobedience to God.
1: You're right, and Bob used to say to me, I'm asking and believing that you'd be the one better to, uh, to pay the bills. So you're paying the bills, but I'm asking you to do it. So, I mean, it's not that we're sitting here doing nothing in our homes, but it's with the husband, you know, saying, you've got the skills for this, do this, and let's see as a family mm-hmm. and as a team doing it so um, you're definitely uh, submission is important so Bob well let me ask you first Linda you've got a child you're standing and praying for do you have any suggestions or how are you doing it and what is different from standing for a spouse than for your child do you have any any uh, suggestions
0: well, um as I said, I was speaking to those who have younger children. It's never a good idea to to divorce your husband. Um, you know, and think that you're not the children are not being affected, especially the little ones, but it also affects the the bigger ones too because you're painting a picture of what marriage is going to be. Are you going to paint this picture that to to your adult children, the the one way to deal with this is to is to walk away. You're teaching them to not stand on God's promise and to take the easy road out. And how, you know, I had to make a decision that I needed to leave a legacy. We needed to leave a legacy to our children, and and we owed it owed that to them to work this marriage out. To you know, to listen to God in doing it because we couldn't do it on our own, and that's just it. We tried to do this on our own, and we were unsuccessful. So we had to do it God's way, which is the right way. And my my daughter, who was really uh, rebellious, I mean, she had her own other issues, but I needed her to see. Uh, what marriage should be. I needed all of my adult children. We needed all of our adult children. I'll speak for my husband to see what marriage should be, um, to see what marriage could be and that you don't quit. Um, one of the things that my husband said early in our marriage is that divorce was not going to be an option for us. And he didn't, I don't think he realized what he was saying, but I'm so grateful to God because it was a proclamation um, God heard it, and I'm sure that the devil heard it too. That's why we went through our trials and tribulation, but I always remember that, and he always remembered that, and we never made it legal the divorce legal because we knew that this was the wrong thing to do. so if I'm speaking to someone out there, please think about what it is that you're doing let god you you let God. Heal your marriage. Let God heal your marriage by you tapping into him first, you standing with him, you believing and trusting in him that your marriage can be put back together. Um, I didn't do anything differently uh, for my daughter other than just to pray and let God. Um, And, you know, he's speaking to her heart, and the issues that she's going through right now it's just me. It's just a patience thing. We have to be patient, and we have to wait on God's hands to move. And that's what we're doing. And I know, you know, though I may not see all of the changes right now in the natural, I know that God is doing something supernaturally in the spirit, because God is spirit. And though you not, may not be seeing your marriage put back together. May, he may not be calling you. He may not uh be coming around he may not be behaving the way that you want him to behave and maybe your children are you know are strung out on drugs and alcoholism and and promis- promiscuity and the likes maybe that's what you're seeing with your your natural eyes because it's happening but God is a god of his of of promise and he promises never to leave or forsake us and he knows what you're what you're dealing with He knows it. There's nothing, his word says that there's nothing that's hidden from his sight. And I believe that as long as you stand and be patient, that he'll come through, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that his will will be done in your life. Amen. Bob, do you want to add anything right there?
2: Well, I just, I mean, I totally agree with that, Linda. just a great word. And I, um, you know I, I heard a definition of faith recently that I just loved, and um you know because I think sometimes a lot sometimes where where we um fail as as Christians is we don't have a good definition you know definitions matter you know words really matter mm-hmm. and you know we can use the word faith kind of loosely in such a way that's like a you know, just like an intellectual, uh, you know, assent to a fact. And faith is more than that. In biblical faith means, you know, it has to do with trusting. It has to do with, you know, stepping forward. And, you know, this definition I heard is that faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it no matter how I feel Mm -hmm. because God promises a good result. So it's standing on God's promises. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Linda, you, you know you you hear you, you're resting in God's word, and and no matter how you feel, can you know, sometimes you think, oh, my faith is weak because, um, you know I, I'm feeling like God's not working, mm-hmm. but you know what? That's natural. You don't Absolutely. see Him working. You can't see it with your eye. But what the question is: What are you doing? You know, are you standing in faith? Are you continuing to, you know, like when, when we don't see our marriage being restored or we don't see our child come back, you know, does that but what are we doing? We're continuing to pray. We're continuing to stand believing. We're continuing to call on God to do what only He can do in changing hearts. And, yeah. you know, that's faith. Even though it may feel like, you know, and, and I, it may feel like at times, oh, you know, my, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not being faithful. But the question is, are you giving up? Are you persevering? Mm-hmm. And, you know, God will give you. And, and, and the, the, the other thing is not thinking you're alone you know as, as um, linda just said god's promised he will never leave or forsake us so um but you feel like you're alone and you have to go back and just say wait a minute god is gonna you know when i'm at the end of my rope he is going to not allow that rope to run out he mm-hmm. is going to sustain he will do something and this is the thing that's been amazing to me mm-hmm. i have you know i've never felt like i was going to give up but i have certainly felt like i like it was no use. It oh, was absolutely. just like you know what I mean, right? You know, and and at the end of the, but usually when I get to the end of the rope, God does something. Uh, sometimes it's it's you know I can't even tell what it is. He just somehow gives me, you know, renews my spirit. Other times he does an amazing thing. I get a revelation mm-hmm. that the stuff I never thought I, I never thought would happen to me, God does to me. Uh, I have journals filled with things God has done. To me, you know, including in the last 10 days, it's been unbelievable, and I just felt like, I mean, two weeks ago, if you'd asked me, I'd have I said, you know, I'm kind of going through a dry period. I'm not, you know, I'm being. I think by His grace, I'm being faithful, but I don't. But but nothing major is like happen, you know. know, But all of a sudden, you know, God knows what we need, and He has He has done some amazing things, and just showing me that He is calling me to stand. And stay standing. And, you know, he hasn't forgotten me. He is with me. He is not you know, the thing is, God is always at work. It doesn't mean we can see it. It doesn't mean we have to understand. Uh, He doesn't, he never promises that we will know what's going on, that we will understand, you know. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, you know, sometimes, um, in fact, if if you don't mind, I'll read something I just journaled that I heard this week that was so powerful to me. But it was talking about the verse in Philippians 2. Uh, This is a CD that I had of a minister, a faithful minister. um, And he was saying, do all things without complaining or disputing. And and this man said, don't allow your mind to wander into doubt and unbelief simply because you... simply because you do not understand what God is doing. Mm. Listen, God is doing something really good. Yes, <laughs> and I stopped yes. the CD right there and, I, and, and praying, and I was, I was on my way to a meeting, and I just started praying. I thanked the Lord for doing the really good thing that, that he's doing, that I don't even know what he's doing, you know. Right. I don't understand. And right then I looked ahead, and, and guess what? You know, I was driving, right? Guess what I com- came up on? Covenant Transport. You got it. A covenant <laughs> Transport truck. You know, right at that moment I'm thanking the Lord and that's what he brought, you know. And <laughs> what confirmation? You know, and it's just you know, and then I turn the CD back on and and what he said is right um <laughs> Then he said, "Stay right there in that place of faithful self- selflessness, which is what mm-hmm. Philippians two is all about. With Christ is mm-hmm. our example. Mm-hmm. Stay right there in that place of faithful self- selflessness and do all things without questioning, mm-hmm. and disputing, or grumbling.
0: Mm-hmm. You know.
2: And it's like, wow, that that you know that's the Lord's word to me. You know, Charlene, you're always." Um, uh, reminding us and and never stop because it's a reminder we need that God does speak to us. Amen. And He does it in a ways that you think. I mean, I, I'm fond of praying, Lord, speak to me in a way that I know that it's You. Amen. And, and I'm shocked at how often He will do that in Amen. His own unique way, because. God invented I'm communication. Not <laughs> well, I'm not Well, it's just shocked. shocking that he can come up with so it many is. different ways, you <laughs> it
1: know. It is. And it's, so, it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's holy. Mm-hmm. It's and it, that he loves each of us. And when you read Saturday testimonies, this last few weeks have just been incredible. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Of, mm-hmm. of the different ways that God is speaking to his children. And, and showing them that he's there and he is going to, right when we get so discouraged or de- so defeated, mm-hmm. and we do have the standards that get so discouraged and feed, mm-hmm. defeated and take that detour road and go down that road, and then they've got to pay that price of coming back and mm-hmm. wasting all that time because God said, I didn't give up, I'm not going to give up on you either, even though you're giving up on your spouse. I'm not going to give up on you, and I'm going to keep going after you to come back to to where you were together.
0: Charlene, I was looking at Bob's book, The Prodigal's Pen, and I was looking, skimming through it, and I, I read it a couple of times, and I came across his Seven Secrets to Successful Standing. Do you, can I read that? Oh, yes. Um, the first one he talks about is being consistent. We have to be consistent. We can't be one way today and tomorrow we're saying something different. <laughs> your husband and your or your wife wants to see that consistency. They want to see that you mean business. And one of the things that I'll share, when I started to change in my relationship, my Husbands, my husband is, was is is very close to my brother, and for a while he he uh, for a while he couldn't believe the change in me. he he asked actually asked my brother, he said to my brother, "I don't know what's going on <laughs> because awesome. he was able to see those changes in me um right away outwardly. Um, he thought something was happening, and he didn't know what was going on, but I knew what it was. God was dealing with me, and for the first time, I acknowledged that my part in the separation, my part in the dead marriage, after God spoke to my heart to get my act straightened up, it was my husband is a gentle, kind man. It was only a matter of time before he got on board because I was actually the, the what the the bigger problem, I would say. You know, I know a lot of women was,
1: have said that, and in, in true honesty after they examine their
0: it's heart. It's true. I mean, there are like four scriptures in, in Proverbs that talks about contentious the contentious yes, are. wife, and you know, and I fit that that category. And after I. I was able to to God spoke to my my heart and, and actually saw him, showed me my ways. I was able to see the scales dropped off like it did for for Saul and I Amen. saw my life. I saw my actions and I mean it wasn't anything horrible, but you know the the not honoring, you know, the not respecting in the way or giving my husband or allowing him to be the the you know the head of the the home um uh, not allowing him to to step in his role and after i stood back ladies i'm going to tell you if you want to be in control he's just going to let you right and um and and you won't have the the kind of husband that god ordained for you to have you you will be in charge and you will be totally out of line but so, don't you think
1: if we keep asking them just make some decisions and keep asking them nicely and even whether they say you make the final decision. Even with children I think we can override mom, dad, mom I want to do this. Ask your father, your father and then and sometimes we'll say oh just go on and let let him do it and we supersede the father and I learned that you know I had to stop doing that. Oh, I felt sorry for them. They didn't get to do it. Bob mm-hmm. said, no, I had to stick to that. I had to listen. You have to listen to your father.
0: Exactly.
1: And, and I think we can learn that. But Bob would said to me when he came home, and I'm going to get you back to it, but be consistent, he said to me, it had been two and a half years since he had been here, and he said to me, I am so scared. If I come back, you're going to go back to your old self.
2: Hmm. Mm.
0: And he was an not.
1: <laughs> he thought that he was scared. It was not real.
0: Not changed. Exactly.
1: I was. I was wearing this facade just to get him home again. And, and I, I told him, "I'll be, be here later. till I'm 80 <laughs> because I have found that I was wrong in so many things, and that I needed to have the cr- closeness with my Lord. And regardless, if you come back now or later." I'm going to be waiting for how many marriages you go through. It doesn't matter because I am going to be consistent. I have finally found out. But that was his fear the day he married me. Is that what he said in the car when he said, I'm being tormented. Stop praying for me. He <laughs> says, I am so scared you're going to go back and be different again. And I said, I, if I do, tell me because I plan to be like this forever, you know.
0: Well you know we were you know when 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 the husband leaves, I mean there's a certain amount of that he says the the Bible says that he gave them dominion, so there's there is something that's inside of us that God has given, us. he gave- he meant for us to do this together, but because we were disobedient um with in the fall, you know he had to do some God had to step in and do some things differently. So he he made woman to be in subjection to to man, and that's the, that's the natural order. But and that's the, that's the way that works best. Well, continue um, on because of how God has made man and how God has made woman. He made us the weaker vessel. It doesn't mean that we are less important. It doesn't mean that we're underneath. It doesn't mean that we're less than. It just means that His plan is different for us than it is for our husbands. Mm -hmm. And we have to step in line with his plan. 1 Peter 3 says it um, very precisely, that even if they don't know the word, that they'll be won over by your chaste conduct. And I had to make that scripture alive in my life and my testimony for things to change in my household. And I'll tell you, it did change because... Um, I loved, I gave back the authority to my husband, and I don't want it back. <laughs> right, amen. Number two. Uh, stay close to God. You, you have to grow in your faith. You can't allow your circumstances or your situation to, to detour you and the enemy. Don't listen to, to someone that, ladies, if, if you're taking advice from someone who's been married five times, then that's your first clue. Um, you go to God. You stay close to Him, and He will direct your path. Mm-hmm. Amen. Number three is depend on God and not people. Um, prayer, <laughs> prayer is the key. You have to take your 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 um, your your your, your um, situation to God. You have to take your marriage to God. He has to be built. It has to be built on the foundation. Of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and not on anything anybody else says. Um, not your family, not your friends, or not your coworkers. You have to depend on God um, because they that 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 the the Bible says that he that blessed is he that depends on God and not man. And we have to put our faith in God.
1: Well, you know, I, I want to jump in and give you a scripture. Ephesians 3.20. I, I think we've got to come to the point and just believe. We've got to come to know the Lord enough that we can believe that he can do anything. Amen. Nothing. For sure. Nothing is too hard. He is the creator of heaven and earth. And how big is your God is a question I ask a lot because a lot of people have a God that does not heal. He does not move mountains. He is a God that just does little things. Well, I have a God that does awesome things. He can do anything. And because he's had to do anything in my life and all things, and that's what our sto- our books are all about, our CDs are all about, is because we have been foolish enough to say, I'm going to tell you everything that God, God has done for us because he can do it for you. Because I didn't know he could do it until mm-hmm. the Lord finally hit me over my head. But it says, now to him in verse 320, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. In Ezekiel 36, and that's a scripture that all of you need to know very, very well, but Ezekiel 36 verse 22 says that, Our marriages are not being restored for our sake. In verse 22, it says, Therefore, say to this house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, Mm. but for the sake of my holy name, which you profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name which has been profaned among the nations, the name you profaned among them, how much are we profaning God's name right now? Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. And Mm -hmm. verse 36 says, Then the nations around you that remain will know that I have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do this. I will do it. And what we've got to understand is that we have to understand it's not we want to get our marriage restored so we have one, two incomes or we have one house, we don't have the bills to pay, we don't have to do all this and that. But God wants us to get our marriages restored for us to give the glory and honor to the Lord, and he gets the praise. If you're keeping standing a secret, if you're not willing to walk in faith and hope and trust and proclaim it to others to tell them then he's not going to get the glory when your spouse comes home and I dare say I think there can be a delay because I said when I kept telling the Everybody, my husband's coming home. My my spouse's going to come home. I don't care how many long it takes. I he's coming home. Mm-hmm. And when I left to go with him that afternoon, they were not surprised when I came back and I said mm-hmm. I was married because I said I was waiting for him. I had I had to repent and tell the doctors I made a mistake. The staff I made a mistake because I told them all the garbage and know how bad Bob was, but I didn't tell them how great my God was that He mm-hmm. could change people. And he changed Bob, and the doctors got to see it, and the staff got to see it. Amen. And and they were there at the funeral and saw what he accomplished in 20 years of his life, serving the Lord. So mm-hmm. you know what? It's what are we speaking and what are we believing? And we've got to believe God can do anything.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Psalms 27 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Uh what number, number four are you says, at number four says love your love your prodigal with unconditional love. Um, Robert talked about human love um, and agape love and the God, kind of love that God wants us to have for our um, for our spouses. it's agape love it's 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 unconditional love. It's a love that says that I'll do. Human love says, "I'll do this for you if you'll do this for me," but spiritual love is, "I'll love you regardless to what you do," and love does cover a multitude of sin.
2: Amen.
1: Bob, jump in anytime.
2: Well, I did have a couple thoughts. Uh, you know, going back to the um, not so much on this love part, but on you know, you were talking about um, God. Being able to do anything and how big is our view of God I mean that's one of the things that just uh, gets my uh, uh i don't know get gets uh, rattles a feisty nerve in me is when I hear the words uh, irreconcilable differences oh, you know? yeah. especially <laughs> okay. between two uh professing followers of Christ and I Amen. think how can that be you know what how kind of that? a you know, is, is that the same God of the Bible that we're serving, you know, because he can do anything, and, and that really, uh, you know, is just one of my things because you hear it over and over. It's ubiquitous in the world we live in, but, yes, you know, it not is. God's, God's way is to, you know. I mean, even when his people were walled in on, you know, by the sea on one side and Pharaoh's army on the other, nothing was too hard for him, and I think we have to believe that that's true today for us. So, um, you know, that's just uh, uh, one of my, uh, one of the well, things I keep trying to tell myself that I have to remember that God can do anything. Nothing is too hard for nothing,
0: him. Nothing, absolutely nothing.
1: Well, like he spoke to you, and like um, I'm praying that everybody will say, Lord, I want you to speak to me. It's Jeremiah 33, 3, says, call unto me, and I will show you immeasurably more than you can ever imagine. And that is what that and that's paraphrase people, um, but it says, um, in fact, I'll read it to you. Call to me and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. If you got questions, you want answers. Call to the Lord, and He will answer you. That's a promise, and these promises are what we've been talking about today. Stand on the promises of God and I said to the Lord I can't hear you write it on the wall and he did he he says I'll write it in my word and then he started writing it just like like he does to so many standards as he had did to Bob he wrote a covenant transport truck or he would or he writes these somebody just happens upon a billboard right at the time they're crying out to God to tell me what to do so you know God does speak and we've got to believe that And if you haven't had that personal experience, just spend time with the Lord, and He will answer you. You may be in a wilderness, and it may be silent for a period of time, but not for long.
2: And if it is
1: a a silent period, just follow the Lord and read that Bible, pray fast, and and you will get through that um, Mm. wilderness. Will you not, Bob? Amen. Exactly. Amen. 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 He is
2: faithful. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, number six is forgive your prodigal and the other person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Charlene could probably <laughs> um, go on and on about this one. <laughs> I could. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I won't. But <laughs> forgiveness is not optional. It is mandatory. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest problem that we have right now is that we I am have found out that if we have mothers, fathers, brothers, aunts, uh, uncles and cousins and family members that do not speak to each other, we're sinning against God. Mm-hmm. If we do not have a normal, healthy relationship with family members of any sort, it doesn't have to be all the time, but I am telling you, if there's anything you're holding against somebody, we need to forgive them or God will not forgive us. It says in um, Matthew chapter 6, Verse 14: For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Amen. Forgiveness is mandatory, and there's oh, I've, there's a lot of teachings. You can go search on Charlene Kears on forgiveness, and you can get a lot of helps and and help you how to walk through that spirit of forgiveness. The Lord will take you through it, and you. When you need to have that forgiveness ready and in place, because when your spouse comes home, it has to be gone. Mm -hmm. You cannot bring up the garbage. Amen. And last but not least, is that number
0: six? Number seven is time is not your enemy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just the opposite of what you hear every day, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Well, actually, um, God gave me this scripture, Joel 225 so i will restore to you the years that the swarming locust mm-hmm. has eaten and i can't tell what a you good how, word. i can't tell you how that has blessed me because so often we think um when is it going to happen um i can't wait much longer um when is he going to change um We we, we have, the the enemy will come against our mind and and put us in this state of panic that it hasn't happened. Or you might have heard of someone else's marriage being restored, and you've been waiting for so long. God is faithful. He is faithful to his word. When Peter walked across the water, the one thing that changed when he looked down and he lost his balance, when he lost... Looked down. He when he looked when he took his eyes off of God, he fell. So we can't take our eyes off of God. We can't take our eyes off of His promise. We have to remember that His promise is true. He's a man of, of His word. That He will. He does not lie and keep your eyes focused on God. And remember Genesis two twenty 220, two twenty five, that says that he he when God made woman, he took the woman to the man. So keep your hands, ladies, in God's hands um, first and foremost. Mom, your you,
1: you're a man, and men say, I can only wait so long because I'm a man. And um, how... And you do not have your children; they're grown almost grown up, but you get you have relationships and everything. but how would you or what would you suggest to men how to I know you have given one secret and I which you would emphasize a little bit what how you do it, but you journal and you spend time with the lord I think we've got to teach that to this is important for both men and women, but I think men really need to understand the importance of discipline, don't you know?
2: well I, I i do i mean, I think there's journaling um you know it's kind of like um there's several benefits to it that I see one is um one is just the whole idea of like if you were studying <laughs> um, um, you know getting more than one sense involved is helpful, they always say, and um mm-hmm. um you know God has given us it um you know, in my case, I believe this is the you know, most significant. Um, uh, well, certainly to the to date, and and you know, perhaps this is the significant trial of my life, and God is using. You know, trials in God's eyes, trials are a good thing. You know, I know right. we don't look at them that way, but God uses trials to build perseverance and right. perseverance. Mm-hmm. He counts in of great value to him. It builds faith and perseverance, and God counts them incredibly valuable. It's uh, shown throughout the scriptures. And um, so in this time, I want to learn as quickly as possible the things God is trying uh, to teach me and, or wanting to teach me. And, you know, so I find that it reinforces things when I write them. Secondly, I find that, you know, if I ever want to go back and be um, lifted up, I can just start paging and say, wow, I forgot about that. I'm amazed at how quickly I'll forget things that I think I will never forget. Mm -hmm. And, and, And the other thing that's so, even like, you know, I journaled this week. A lot of times I don't journal when it happens. A lot of times I'll do it maybe once or twice a week. And I'll, you know, I'll write notes to try to remind myself and then I'll go back. But sometimes it's so powerful, like this morning when I started writing what God had done in my life and putting the pieces together, often... You know, what I write down on a scrap is just that, a scrap. But when I put it all together as I'm journaling, I see a whole fabric that he's weaving. And it's mm-hmm. its powerful. And, and you know, uh, um, God knows, you know, what we don't. He knows that when we, you know, he, he knows that I'm going to do this, I, I think. You know, he, he knew that I was going to. He wanted it. So he gave it to me in pieces. And, you know, and then when he, you know, inspired me to, to, uh, you know, I, mean, I had a morning off because our church was, Friday night instead of Sunday today because the pastor, in, you know, looking at the weather and everything, said, you know, we're not going to be able to get together Sunday morning, and he called for a Friday night service. So I Praise had this morning Lord. to get up and <laughs> journal and read and pray, and it was it was actually great. But anyway, I you know, that has been very powerful to me, and I think, you know, the, the other thing is just taking one day at a time, Charlene. I mean, I, you'd have told mm-hmm. me you know, in November of 2005, when this nightmare started for me, that you know, almost six years later, that this you know, this is where what I'd still be waiting. I would have said there is no way I will never be able to do that. I couldn't be, you know, there's no way. But the fact of the matter is, by God's grace, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm standing faithfully, and, and God has given the grace, and He God never promises grace for tomorrow only for today mm-hmm. Amen. he, he Amen. gives us Amen. The grace as we step forward in faith and um you know god is teaching me things that i um you know i've been a christian for a long time but i'm amazed at what he still has to teach me and mm-hmm. you know one of the most important things that i think is it doesn't matter if you're a man or if you're a woman if you're a christian um this is so vital. And, um, you know, I, I wrote today as I was just trying to solidify some of the, these things, but, you know, the gospel in four words is Christ in my place. Mm-hmm. But very um, similar is sanctification in four words is not I, but Christ. It's mm-hmm. so similar. It's and, and, and Paul said in Galatians 3.3, 3, um, that uh, you know, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Mm. And I think so yeah. often we 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 think sanctification is I got to do this and I got to do that. And, mm. and even if you're listening to this call and you've heard you know twenty different admonitions on the thing you have to do, and you may be saying I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't even have time to pray for all those things, let alone do them. And you know, here's the key, I think. And 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 I and I don't say this because I have it perfected. I do not. But the key is going to Christ and confessing that we need to be filled with Him
0: mm. and with His
2: Spirit. You know, Colossians, you know, one uh, twenty-seven says at the end of that verse, "Christ in you, the hope of glory." Mm. And and that is our hope. You know, we will never be successful as a stander or a Christian by doing it by human effort. We have to be living in the Spirit, and and that is a gift of God, but it's what He wants to fill us with. He wants to give that to us. He wants to do it in in its fullness, and we know that that's His will for us, and again, it's one of the things we can pray, that He will fill us. And, you know, I heard um, this week... um, probably the best, may not be the best for you, but it's the best um, illustration I've heard for what it means to walk the Christian life as a sanctified believer. And it is just the example, it's simple, of a glove. You know, a glove in and itself does nothing. Mm. It's got to be filled. The power comes from what fills it. So you put your hand in the glove mm. and, and, it you know, and it starts to do things. It touches mm-hmm. something and is able to carry it or do what it does. And you know what? That's what you and I are. We're simply a glove, and we fill it with ourself, and we have very limited power, like no power to do anything that's godly and edifying and good. We can do all kinds of things that aren't so good, but without Christ in us, we have no hope. You know, God said that our righteousness, our righteousness is as filthy rags in His Mm -hmm. sight. That doesn't mean that a Christian the, the works of a Christian are filthy rags. It means that any when we're doing it by our own power and in our own strength and without Christ in us, it's of no avail. Mm-hmm. But if we allow Christ Himself to fill the glove, you know, it's what Galatians 2:20 talks about, and um, it's what Paul's talking about here in in, in um, verse three of chapter three. It is, I am crucified with Christ. Mm. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm. You know, so anyway, to That's me, the that, secret. Is the, that is the secret that is the of secret. standing. It's the secret of of life after God restores our marriages. It is the secret of life in Christ. Is Him living in us. And we have, um, I don't know how to say it anymore, Bluntly, but we have no hope of living the Christian life without Christ, um, His Spirit, reigning in our lives.
1: Amen. And not wo- worry about our, woe is me now, the Lord's grace and His love and His mercy mm-hmm. and His, all that He is, all the names of Christ, all the names of the Holy Spirit, all the names of God, we can make it if we know who we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. But it says in 2 Peter, and we must close with this. We need to pray. In, in uh, 3 Peter, 2 Peter Chapter 3, but do not forget verse 8. Do not forget this one saying, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It's not about us. It's about our spouse, our children, our loved ones, our family members, our co-workers. Mm-hmm. It's about our church family that we need to pray for them to come back to the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. That's the mm-hmm. most utmost, or to come back, or to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. and that is our must be our goal each and every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask Linda to pray for the women, Bob to pray for the men. And we need to, Bob, I'll let you pray for the East Coast, because you've been there, you've gone through it a little sure. bit. But we need to pray for um, our nation and so forth. We need to pray for revival. And uh, I'll let Linda and then Bob, and then I'll close.
0: Okay. I want to pray for the women. I want to pray so many times we we are going through this battle, and our body and our spirit is being affected, and we're, we're, we're like prayed out and we're but we, I want to pray for, for strength for the ladies. Mm-hmm. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come before you asking for your help, Lord. We're asking you f- for your help with these standards in the form of physical strengthening of their bodies. Your word says that we can look to you for help and strength. So right now we're looking to you to help these standards f- um, strengthen their bodies because even though they're tired, They must go on. So by faith in your word, I pray that every stander right now receive your divine strength. Father, you said in your word that as we wait upon you that you would renew our strength. So as we continue to wait upon you, serving you with gladness, praise, and thanksgiving, we thank you for blessing us with inner strength. We thank you for renewing our strength like the like you renewed the eagles. We plead the blood of Jesus over every standard's mind and body and spirit right now, strengthening their mind, Father God. Thank you, Father, for empowering us, reviving us, rejuvenating us, renewing us with your strength, Lord, because we're torn down by our situation, your circumstances, The the, the husband's gone, and now there's... There's stress upon the, the 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 mother to provide for the family. We're going through a, 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 a they may be going through a financial um, stress and and stress with the raising of the children. Father, we ask you by your by your power right now to strengthen them right now, Father. Touch their bodies from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Thank you, Father, right now for empowering them to continue to walk by faith and not by sight to strengthen them to 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 strengthen them in the anointing of your word and not faint as they walk with you. Father, we thank you for the promise of your word. So let every one of them stand stand on your word right now, Father, that as you as they draw closer to you that you'll draw closer to them. Thank you, Father, for the power and authority that you've given us to speak to our circumstances. So speak to their bodies right now. Renew them, refresh them right now in the name of Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, for 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 your for your love. We thank you, Father, for blessing each and every one of them. And we praise your name in
2: Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would also Bless and strengthen every every man who is standing for his marriage, those on this call and those around the world, Lord. And I pray that you will give them um, the uh, ability, Lord, to be on their guard and to stand firm in faith, to be men of courage, to be strong, and to do everything in love. And, Lord, we know that we can only do these things if you equip us and if you reign in our lives. And that's what we're praying for, Lord, an outpouring of your spirit upon us that we could live the way you've called us to. And, Lord, we pray that you will meet our needs. And you know the things that we are missing desperately. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. we know that you can supply. Nothing Mm -hmm. is too hard for you. And, Mm -hmm. Lord, I call upon you to just supply the needs of every man who's standing. Encourage them and strengthen them, and bless them. And, Lord, speak to them. Speak to each one in a way that they would know, that they know that they know that it was you who spoke, and that they will hold firm to your promises, Lord. For what you have promised, you will certainly do. Everything you have ever promised, you have never failed to keep even one of your good promises. And so help us to remember that you are You are able. And, Lord, I call down um, your work also on our wives Lord, I pray that you would demolish every stronghold of the enemy. We praise you that we have weapons, your grace and your truth, that we can call on to demolish all the strongholds of the enemy, Amen. that you would rebuild every marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I want to pray right now for each one in the East Coast area who's uh, dealing with the hurricane, Lord. And mm-hmm. we just praise you that you are the God of all comfort. And that you are our refuge in a time of storm, Lord. And so we just commit each one into your hands. We pray that you would use even these catastrophes, Lord, for your glory and your fame and for revival in this land. Amen. Lord, we need you. We need you desperately. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we pray that your people would pray and your people would be Strong. And then when your people called by your name, Lord, will humble themselves and pray that you will hear from your throne and you will come and you will save and restore. And these things we pray in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. Lord, we do humbly, humbly bow before you and thank you for this beautiful hour and a half that went so very, very quickly and we just praise you and thank you for all the words that have been spoken to encourage both men and women and and we just pray that regardless of the age, regardless of how old you are, regardless how long you've been married, you're married. And we just want you to stand firm and that you will know that without a doubt that God created marriage and at your wedding day you said till death to his pardon and you made a vow and a covenant and it's not a contract. To be separated and we just ask that you would just go and touch all the men all the women all the prodigal children that are uh, fallen into the trap of sin and and even rescue the the children who have uh, now got um, moms and dads that are praying for their children's marriages we just pray that you would go and touch the one who has been blinded and deceived and tempted to fall into sin we ask that you would bind against the perverse spirit the spirit of whoredoms the spirit of adultery Mm -hmm. the spirit of pornography and alcohol or drugs Mm or uh, all the gambling or all the other selfishness the spirit of greed and we just pray that you would just take all of the sins of the world and that you would just Mm -hmm. crucify our sinful nature and fill us up with the holy spirit and we just pray that you would touch whomever is uh, blinded and deceived right now, to lift off the scales as you did with Saul, turning him to a Paul. Open, as in Acts 26:18, 18, open their eyes to turn them from darkness to light and from Satan to God, yeah. and that they would receive forgiveness of their sins and be sanctified in faith. Lord, we are just coming to you, and we're asking that those other people that are in there. Maybe in a spouse's life right now to be removed in the name of Jesus. Okay. And they're a counterfeit. And we just pray you would just have them go back to where you have a plan and a purpose far greater for them than our spouses here. And we just ask that you will just touch them and touch and call upon our husbands and wives and children that they will open, you would open their spiritual eyes and ears, as it says in Job 33, and turn them from their wrongdoing and that they would have fear of saving them from going down to the pit for the consequences of the sins that they're living in. So, Lord, we just praise you and thank you that you're going to bring many, many thousands and thousands of prodigals home each and every week because we're standing and praying for around the world to have a revival in marriage and block and stop divorce in the, in the name of Jesus.
0: And we just give you
1: the praise and the glory of what you're going to do each and every week. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Jesus name. Amen. 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 And
1: Lord, we just we just thank you. Thank you guys for doing this. We've had a record number or almost a record number of at one time two hundred and sixty six and we over two hundred that have been listening and we just praise you and thank you people. But Bob always closed um, and we're just thankful for Bob joining us. And we're thankful for uh, Linda joining us. And poor Linda's husband, Shelton, is on the road mm-hmm. in a truck and could not join her. But someday we will have Shelton come and we'll do a twosome. So I just want to let you know her marriage is restored, but her husband couldn't make it. And let us close with the Lord's Prayer. And uh, Tim is going to open up the
2: line.